Scouts, I'm going to let you tee this one up. So take yeah, it off. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, we're just going to chat about some general things. But I know, Herman, you uh, you have uh, limited time with us tonight because uh, you're a busy guy now that you're the new um, head honcho over at the Coopers, right? Yep. I'm actually on my way now to finish up the details for the march and uh, meeting with 1020. Okay. So uh, what can you tell us about the march on um, Saturday? What should people do? Um prior to the game to get out there and uh, be a part of the march? Uh, well, uh, right now we're going to be leaving uh, 1020 at 615. Since this is our first march, we want to make sure that we get all the kinks and everything else worked out. But we just ask everybody to kind of, you know, hang out around the local bars there in the Butchertown area and um, just pay attention to our social media page. We're going to announce the march a special way and start a new tradition. Okay, okay. So are you going to be able to share that with the uh, the guys in Scouts' house? Yep, be able to share that with you guys. Um, we're probably going to, which I'm going to work on that tonight, uh, to kind of start a new tradition. They want us to set off smoke on the roof of 1020 as Whoa. a signal. Like a beacon. Like a beacon to let everybody know it's time to muster. To get I like that. To the stadium. It's okay. game time. Yeah. Yep. So uh, you, you already told the fire department uh, if you see it smoke, don't bother coming. <laughs> hey, they should be used to seeing a lot of purple smoke from rolling over there now. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully on Saturday we can definitely smoke out the section after a good win. Yeah. I'm, so uh, what uh, other good news have you got from us uh, from uh, the Coopers? Because uh, you know, understand that you are the new uh, El Presidente of the uh, the Coopers, and uh, what else is uh, happening with you guys? Uh, no more than uh, we're still working on, like, the Pride Racer and uh, getting some more stuff that's going to be coming So Just kind of, J-Sex and everybody kind of stay abroad and pay attention to our page. And uh, definitely looking forward to having the rest of a good season. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, um, other than that, what else are you guys going to be doing in the stadium um, post-match? Or pre-match, I should say. I think pre-match, we're just going to be enjoying ourselves and having fun. Hanging out around 1020 uh-huh. in that area. And um, just going to be a normal game day. Just excited because we finally get to christen the stadium the way it should always have been christened. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the first time. It's going to be a um, um, a full capacity stadium, so uh, I'm I'm looking forward to see what it's uh, like with fifteen thousand people in there. I don't know about you. I I am too. I mean, I had no hearing by the end of the night, but hey, it's be <laughs> worth. We have fifteen hundred screaming people in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. So so Sergio, I I got a, a question for you because. Um, one of the, the yahoos that was uh, calling the game the other night for, for racing and saying that um, your girls were afraid of the crowd because that they, they weren't that used to having so many uh, people in the stadium. What the hell's wrong with that crap? <laughs> no, I think it was, you know, I think Portland does a nice job of, of packing their stadium, whatever the capacity is. And you know how it is coming in as the traveling team. They're always going to try to wind wind you up as much as they possibly can. But uh, we'll return the favor when they're back here in a few weeks and, and we'll make yeah. it even rowdier. Yeah, because it kind of be not rowdy because I could still hear uh, 
Coach Holly uh, cussing at the uh, the officials on the line, you know, and uh, you know, so hey, it kind of been that bad. I think it just depended on where you were in that stadium. <laughs> so, so Sergio, we're, we're we're known as uh, having like some. So yeah, so Sergio, we're known as having uh, some pretty rowdy fans behind uh, both uh, both both posts. What kind of uh, information before Herman has to bounce off here that maybe he can go kind of fire up the Cooper squad with? We know what we're used to over on our side, but how much do we get in their heads uh, for those keepers? Oh, just anything you can say, shout their name as much as you possibly can. Uh, you know, anytime they make a mistake, make sure you know that they know you saw it. Um, <laughs> Uh, anything like that will like drive a goalkeeper crazy. And I think as much as you can during warm-ups is, is give the opposing goalkeeper coach a hard time. You know, if he misses the target, <laughs> got to know. Yeah, because the last goal, goalkeeping coach that was there at uh, at uh, Lim Family Stadium, you knew him, right? Yeah, Andy Swift. I think I sent Scouts a message yeah. saying, uh-huh. make sure you want Swifty up for him. He's a, he's a good friend. We go way back, so. Yeah, yeah, and we did. We did. <laughs> he deserves it. So, you know, it's just, it just, he would do the same if, if we were in Indy. So just passing it along. Yeah. Cause uh, I swear to God, their goalkeeper, I think they, yeah, he had gloves um, and they were sponsored by uh, Land Lakes Butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Butterfingers. Herman, Herman, I know that you, you all do the same thing on your side as what we do. We have a tendency to kind of look at some social media posts of whoever the keeper is. Once the, once the team sheets come out, we like to try to figure out at least who maybe an ex boyfriend, oh, girlfriend was, what their dog's name is, we, anything just to kind of get in their head and remind them that they're missing the near post and their dog's ugly. Right. <laughs> well, see, we take the, a step further over on our end because we mess with the, the goalkeepers and the players. I know uh, when watched the last time I watched the Spirit came, the whole night I was just getting that. Uh, Trinity Robbins, and she did it. She came out on the end, and I told her, I said, Hey, Trinity, I said, just because your last name Robin and your dad was a dirty player, you don't have to be one. And she turned around and looked at me, and then she just started messing up. <laughs> <laughs> Got no, took the whole Dennis angle on it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> we're Rufus. The rest of the league just don't know what they're in for when they come to Louisville. Now with that stadium full, and I noticed okay. with the uh, the march, the match also that it looks like y'all are gonna come. I like seeing the new route, Scouts. Did you see that? Yeah, the I way did. they're gonna do it, wrap all around that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so tell me about your route, Herman. Uh, well, we're gonna start at ten twenty. We're gonna go down Washington uh, to the, and we're gonna turn right there by uh, the what is that brewery? Uh, slipped my mind. Oh, you mean the distillery right there? You know, Copper and Kings? Yeah, yeah Copper and Kings. Yeah. We're going to go past it. We're going to turn and come down and head all the way to the stadium. Go down to uh, the far end gate, and then we're going to make our rounds. We're going to stop at Scouts' house where you guys can get in and, and start with the black sheet. And then uh-huh. we're going to continue to march our way around and uh, let the Louisville City ladies get to their section and then we're going to fill up the supporter section and we're going to be ready to go good 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 so um is there anything that uh people should not bring to march the match or is there stuff that you don't like to see when people are marching uh 
Well, right now, they're limited us to only four flags. So we, you can't have a whole lot of flags and stuff. And it has to be lowered in uh, eight feet. But other than that, uh, it's just the uh, same rules. You know, you can bring an empty water bottle. Don't be trying to bring no drinks or food or anything like that. And just come and have fun. But I do have one request for everybody. Let's please control uh, slurs and those you uh, suck because we don't want the club to start muting us. We got to remember we got to keep it as a family friendly environment. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I was talking to uh, Lance, and um, he uh, asked us to 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 do the same. Um, and get the word out there that uh, the uh, uh, the USOC asshole is um, apparently not accepted, and um, you know it, it could come to the, the to the thing now that um, this club starts getting fined for it if the USL hear that getting yelled out through the stadium. But um, right. I think because apparently uh, us calling the referee a complete not a wanker, that's okay. But to say you suck asshole, that's not okay. But that's okay, you know. Well, we still call right. the referee a wanker. Right. But see, the difference is kids know what asshole means. They don't know what wanker means. <laughs> We're educating them, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. And, you know, and I must admit, you know, at the last uh, Louisville City game, you know, we were yelling out the referee's a wanker, and then we, we stopped singing it, and there's these little three kids behind us going, referee's a wanker. You know, so we <laughs> hope. Whole of uh, scouts out, we're killing ourselves laughing. We can't even look at the game because we're killing ourselves laughing so much. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, coach, uh, what can we do to try to help out our goalkeeper when they're on our end? Just keep letting them know when they're doing their job. I think uh, you guys have been tremendous. I know I haven't had a chance to see the stadium at, at full capacity, but uh, I enjoy just even during warm-ups being around you guys and, and just the noise and the, and the energy that you bring. And I think that helps us uh, very much as we get through these matches. And we've had some great results at home, and I think a lot of it has to do with the support you're giving us and uh, the energy that we're getting from, from your end of the stadium. Yeah. All right, we'll keep that up. We'll we appreciate it. We'll keep the positive stuff for our team, and then we'll let all the, the rest out on the opponents. Absolutely. That's what we like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, when we were still at um, Slugger Field, you know, we even had one of the teams complain about the noise from Scouser's house because the uh, the goalkeeper couldn't hear himself think. So, yeah, brilliant. Did our job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you get 15,000 people in that stream and uh, the goalkeeper and nobody else going to be able to communicate, so they better start learning some sign language because that's the only way they're going to be able to communicate. Because yep. when they try to talk, we're going to get even louder. That's uh-huh. awesome. Love it. We, we learned some sign language from a uh, keeper two years ago back in uh, the old Slugger, and it, it was the middle finger as <laughs> he went off of the half. We've got that a couple times. And... I say, we've learned that a couple times. It's like, okay, <laughs> but you're going to flip us out, we're going to get louder. That's right. That means you're doing your job if they're communicating that way to you. That's right. It's the first sign language. That's the only sign language I know, really. Uh, yeah. That and, and, a, and a lot of dirty looks. Yeah, but, you know, out there, there are there are certain goalkeepers out there. And um, actually, now it's um, in both sides with, with um, the NWSL and uh, USL. There are some goalkeepers out there that have got some wicked senses of humor. 
uh, and we appreciate that. And um, yes, you know, there's there's quite a few times where the, the you know the goalkeeper has come over and he's been applauding us and you know thanking us and but uh, you know I know we're doing our job, but uh, you know it's nice that uh, some of them have actually got a sense of humour. Sergio, so like uh, some, so give us like the viewpoint from the keepers. Like, uh, who are some people that have some good wits? What are some funny things that you've heard back at the fans? It's all because we're just there to have a good time, right? We're there to support our teams. It doesn't matter. You know, I think I think as being a goalkeeper, you got to have a sense of humor because you know (laughs) you're stuck with everybody behind you, and there's no getting away from it. You might be able to move about 18 yards from them, but that's about it. So I think you gotta, you know, I think. You enjoy it when they give you when they give you some stick and uh, you know when when they give you a little bit of uh, a praise for a good save you make. I think it's uh, it's always nice as well. But you know when you're going into enemy territory that you got to have thick skin and uh, and be ready for anything. Um, I think it even goes for us as goalkeeper coaches during you know during warm ups. We want to make sure we keep everything on target. We don't make we don't make any mistakes that the uh, the opposing fans right. can pick up on and uh, and start celebrating uh, you know and give us a hard time with. So Sergio, you've never missed the you never missed the shot, have you? I don't think I missed. I don't think I missed the frame. Maybe, maybe once or twice. But you were trying to, right? Just to throw them yeah, off. Yeah, I usually I usually, so wait, no, usually get out as early as I can, so there's nobody around, so it'll be good. Now, now that we're getting <laughs> a, you know, the capacity, I got to watch because the stands will be filling up quicker. So. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. If you haven't haven't experienced the full crowd at those games at Slugger, it's uh, if we were loud and we didn't have a stadium that had a lot of sound capacity. So, like I was telling them the other day, I can't imagine. I feel sorry for a car that's driving by when we score a goal because they're going to get hit with wind and sound. It's going to come out of nowhere, and they're not going to know what to do. And even even yeah. the eyelashes, the eyelashes are going to be everywhere, right? So we got all the flashing lights right. and the sound, and, and you've got the acoustics above you guys now. So – that whole thing comes uh, yeah. rushing towards us. We've got – we'll just grab a hold and just get ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we can't wait until uh, a, week from, uh, a week from Sunday to uh, to experience that capacity crowd. So we're excited. Yeah. Father's but, Day too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I'll have my two daughters. I'll have my two daughters and son-in-law there. And I'm sure I'll have mine down there too. That may be my game in the stadium. So I'm, I'm excited. We're still uh, – we're still relocating from from Bloomington, but we should we should all be there by by next weekend. Oh come on, your house is just a mess. You got all those boxes behind you. Yeah, <laughs> now come on, own up. <laughs> you like me? Housework? What's that crap? <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, I I just moved into my house what four months ago, and yeah, I still lay on pay half for the boxes. I'm like, I just I do it eventually. I just go get what I need out the box and leave the rest. <laughs> I feel like Sergio may have his dinner to his left, or maybe the scouting report. I'm not sure. What do you have in that box there, Sergio? This is uh, this. I'm up in the bedroom. This is the uh, the wardrobe box I'm waiting for my wife to fill. So uh, I've taken a couple. Oh, no, 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 no. You need a bigger box than that, pal. No, next to it. Don't worry. Bigger box than that. I filled up uh, a 17 foot moving truck by myself yesterday, and then drove to Louisville and unloaded it by myself right in time for the rainstorm. So that was a good time. So oh, I've uh, got a little bit extra fitness so work in before uh, training starts back up on Friday. <laughs> so tell us about your family. So who all's moving down? What's what's kind of the 
progress moving down from IU and that area from Bloomington? So, uh, my wife, Megan, she'll, she's just finishing up her last day of work um, tomorrow. And then my three kids, Aiden, who's 10, um, and Lily, who is six, are down with their grandma in North Carolina just hanging out while we move. And then uh, our three-year-old, Nora, she's uh, she's in daycare, so she's still hanging out with us. And uh, they'll be heading – everybody will be there probably by the end of next week. So we're, we're so excited. Are you going to be able to bring uh, Nora out to uh... – Scouse's house on uh, Saturday for the front row seat. No, she'll be. They're going down to to pick up her brother and sister, so it'll just be me. Um, but we'll definitely okay. bring. Nora. All right. Scouse, will uh, enjoy Nora. But of the three, she's got uh, she's got quite the personality. So uh, she'll go. Be, <laughs> no I don't know. They finally put the playground in. Scouse, he might lose your young crowd. Yep, now. that's fine. That's fine. You know, it, it means uh, we can cost some more and uh, <laughs> put some more EBGBs on the other team. So my wife was a goalkeeper too, so if you know she's oh. more than happy to oh, come down man. to the house and uh, and give her thoughts on things as well. So, yeah, where did your, where'd your wife play keeper at? She was at played at the University of Richmond in uh, oh. in Virginia. She was okay. a fighter. Yeah, yeah. So who was the, who's the better goalkeeper, you or her? Well, there's an argument in the house about who has the best hands. She thinks <laughs> she thinks so. She she definitely had the better career, I'll have to say, but uh, it's it's still a debate. Still a debate. <laughs> There's only way to settle it, right, Herman? Just take it to the pitch, isn't it? That's the only way to settle it, isn't it? Right, right. Yeah. See, I, think we, I, I, I think we'll have to settle that with a, uh, a penalty shootout. Well, right. uh, we'll have to see. Hey, Herman, I think we we'll even, even be fair. We'll let you, you use the mini pitch. <laughs> yeah. That, talking, right, that'll be right perfect for our style. I think that'll be good. The Coopers and us both have a similar charity in Kentucky Refugee Ministry, so maybe we could put together a little uh, keeper uh, who's going to make the most saves down there, a little KRM. Yeah, that'll be a good yep. one. Sounds like a plan. A little pregame? Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, yeah we yeah. always love stuff like that. You definitely can get a lot of support for something like that. Uh, we're and excited to be part of the community and uh, – you know, it, it, ever since the day we've joined joined the club, everybody's been tremendous, and we've just been blown away by by everything. And you know, now that we're we're finally moving down to to Louisville, we're excited to be part of the community and really really jump in and and do, and help with things. I'm lucky to have you. Uh, we're excited. We're excited. This is uh, exciting times. So, what is your wife going to do when she gets down to Louisville? Is she going to be joining, uh, helping the team out, or is she? Uh, Physical therapist, so she's she works okay. in the hospital setting, so she's she's got a you know some feelers out and had a couple of interviews coming up with some of the some of the hospitals there. So okay. um, yeah, she will be uh, very much be I, a supporter. I think I think you got that wrong, by the way. She's not a physiotherapist. She's a physiotherapist. A physioterrorist. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah had to pick up brain on some goalkeepers so we can come up with some new ways to mess with them. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, how did you uh, look into being a goalkeeper? Because I know, uh, you know, when my first day of high school is, uh, you know, I walk into my school and the, um, the, the sporting director, he came up to me and he goes, uh, Romulo. I said, yes, sir. And he goes, uh, you've just joined the rugby team. Oh, and by the way, you're the goalkeeper too. <laughs> so uh, I was playing on the rugby team, and I was the goalkeeper for uh, for my school. And uh, you know, uh, 
I think they uh, stopped using me because uh, they were sick and tired of me getting sent off. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Now you yeah. can't be on you can't be on the field and go calling the referee a, a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah. I think I kind of answer about it, but uh, why not? <laughs> So, uh, you know, tell us a bit about your uh, your career there, uh, Sergio. Yeah, I actually started playing in goal. I had a, one of my mom's brothers, my uncle Rick, was a goalkeeper. And he was somebody I looked up to when I was younger and started playing soccer. And I'm like, I want to play, you know, what position Uncle Rick plays. And just became a goalkeeper and, uh, you know, had a, a decent high school career and had the opportunity to play at a smaller school up in Rhode Island called Salve Regina University and, and played there for four years and, and, and had a really good career, enjoyed myself. Um, didn't really think much about playing afterwards, just kind of jumped into coaching right away. Oh, and, uh, yeah. at a graduating, I ended up at Slippery Rock University as a grad assistant and, uh, just started coaching and, and fell in love with coaching and goalkeeper coaching. And, and it just kind of continued to go. And along the way, I've been real fortunate to, to work with some tremendous people, um, and work at some great places. I worked at obviously Slippery Rock. I worked at uh, the University of Dayton. Uh, I was a head coach for a small period of time at the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Uh, and then I spent uh, a majority of my time at Indiana, uh, then Ohio State, and then back at IU again. Um, during that time, I was able to work with the, the U.S. youth national teams, uh, with the U16s and the U17s, which was tremendous. And um, So is that how you got into with uh, Coach Holly? Yes. So we had a lot of mutual connections from his time with the national team and, and my time as well. And I worked a lot with Tony DeChico, the former U.S. Uh, women's national team coach who passed yep, away. Yep. Tony was a huge, huge part of, of my growth and of, of who I am as, as a person and as a goalkeeper coach. And I was able to, to work alongside um, the, the past women's national team coach, Graham Abel, uh, the current uh, national team coach, uh, Phil Poole. Paul Rogers, who's with the Houston Dynamo, that was working with the youth national with the U.S. national team. So, my uh, the circle that I was in and the circle that I kind of cut my teeth and learned from was was tremendous. And uh, you know, now I just try to to pay that forward as much as I can with the with the next generation of coaches. But uh, yeah, yeah. you know, the opportunity came to to join racing, and and it was a no brainer. And excited for the new journey. Um, spent a long time in in the college game over over 20 years, uh, but really excited to to take on this challenge and, and, and be part of this club. Cool. So um, who were your, uh, your idols, you know, when you were, you were playing and, and coming through, you know, cause yeah. you know, when I was, when I was a kid, you know, we, it was the, you know, first off it was Tommy Lawrence and then it was uh, Ray Clements and then it was uh, Pat Jennings and Joe Cardigan. And, you know, you even got to meet Bruce Grobelaar when he came to uh, Slugger yeah. Field. You know, so, uh, yeah, and then, you know, over here, um, we've got so many great U.S. goalkeepers. You know, we have Brad Friedel, you know, he, he played for Liverpool, you yeah. know, and then, um, you know, we've had uh, Tim Howard. He, he played for the other guys across the park with, the, I don't know, the book that he Oh, got. that was, he was, he was the gaffer that we knocked out of the U.S. Yeah. Open Cup when he was with the Rebs, right? Yeah. That, that was at the, mm -hmm. the other Lent Stadium. Yeah. So, yeah, so who were your, that. Who were your um, um, idols? So initially it was you know, Tony Miola. And then, you know, when I first started playing, and then as we got into it, Casey Keller, I followed a lot. Yep. He had an unbelievable uh -huh. career. And, yeah. Um, you know, obviously Brad Friedel, 
you know, um, Man United was on TV quite a bit, so I became a Peter Schmeichel fan real fast, just with yeah, yeah. one of the best goalkeepers you'll ever see. And then uh, my first boss that I worked for, Noreen Hurley, he was, a, was an Irish woman from Cork City, and uh, I became a huge Shea Given fan. And actually, oh, one of my yeah, uh, yeah I liked Shea Given. He was a good goalkeeper. Uh, an autographed jersey from uh, from when he played against PSV. Um, yeah, so followed... you know why you know why yeah, Shay Given was such a good goalkeeper, don't you? You have plenty of practice. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. One of my one of my best friends is, is a Jordy through and through. Worked in the academy and, and, and worked with you know with, with Che and them. And you know, I, I don't think there's a more up and down life than a, than a Newcastle supporter because you're uh, you're always on the verge of uh, of being relegated, but um, you followed him along the way. Grew up around the same time as Tim Howard, so I've always been a huge Tim Howard fan. Um, we were, he was just a few years younger than I was. Both grew up in North Jersey and, you know, would, would see each other during the, the State Cup uh, tournaments and things like that. So um, always have, have had a ton of respect for him and what he's done for, for U.S. soccer and what he's done for goalkeeping in this country. Yeah. So um, I've, I've got a... I don't want this to sound bad. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> but Louisville City, we've had a, 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 a plethora of good goalkeepers. You know, we had uh, Scotty Goodwin and we've had, um, you know, um, Tim Dabrowski. And, we, and now we, we've got um, Diesel in between the sticks. So for racing, we've really only seen Michelle. And she had an outstanding game the other night, even though it was a 3-0 loss. She had an outstanding game. You know, just one save after another. And... Um, that that was worth staying up just to watch that. But tell us about you've got two of the goalkeepers on hand right there. Tell us about them. Yeah, we have two tremendous women. I think uh, our goalkeeping core is top notch. Uh, not only are they good goalkeepers, but they're great women. They're great. They're tremendous uh, personalities. We've got Katie Lund, uh, who played her collegiately at Arkansas and at TCU, and then we've got Shelby Money, who played at Rowan University, which is a, a small school in New Jersey. Um, both very unique in their styles, both very different. Shelby's a little bit of a smaller goalkeeper, uh, very powerful. Um, Katie is uh, about six foot, six one, um, you know, tall goalkeeper, plays off her line well, um, deals with cross as well. Both are both are very young, um, don't have a ton of experience in the NWSL, but the environment that they create in training on a daily basis is what allows Michelle to be successful in the games because of the way they push each other. Um, so those two are very much you know, on the daily basis, working extremely hard, um, pushing themselves and growing every day. And I think part of my job is to make sure that they're better every day and, 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 and that they're ready in, in any case that, um, you know, Michelle, there's an injury or, or we need to make a change that they're, they're ready and they, and they're putting the graft in every day. And I think what you see in Michelle's performances comes back to training and how the standard that they hold themselves to and, and how they turn up every day and put in the work. Herman, I know you're, you're kind of short of time, and yeah. I know you, I know you kind of got a lot of stuff on. Do you have any questions for um, Sergio while we got him on? Uh, no, I got mine out early. I was just enjoying, and I just look forward to seeing more from the girls. And I'll go ahead on and apologize now in advance if some of the guest teams come to you and be like, your fans are rude and loud. I just want to hear <laughs> we want to see uh, it is a difficult environment for our opponents to uh, to play in. So we appreciate all that you do. And the like I said, the energy that you that you bring. Um, I know the team the team loves it, and you can see uh, 
you know, that that's that's helped us in some of the results we've, we've gained at home. And it, it, we go back to, to the energy the crowd brings and, and what it gives us. So thank you. All right. I'll see you guys on Saturday. And, Coach, we'll see you in two weeks. All right. Okay. Thanks, just send me, send me that stuff so I can post it out, Herman. And um, say hi to everybody when you go into your meeting tonight. And uh, we'll see you on Saturday, bud. Appreciate right. you, bud. Thank right. you so much. All right, so uh, Herman's gone, so uh, now your ass is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so ha- has your, um, from the, t- the stuff that you, you've done at IU, okay, how have you had to change to adapt to what's going on here at Racing Louisville? Yeah, I don't think it, I, you know, I don't think it changes much. I think what it does is you look at each goalkeeper, uh, how they are as an individual. Um, and what they have, and you just try to enhance that. So, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, a different philosophy or anything like that. I think it's more of knowing the goalkeepers that we have, what makes them who they are, um, you know, what are their personalities like, how do they like to train, and, and making sure that I'm putting that environment together for them so that they can grow. So don't don't kind of have a blanket way of, of, of coaching goalkeepers. I look at it as the individual and trying to make the individual better. So I've got three different types of goalkeepers with Michelle, Katie, and and, uh, and Shelby. And, you know, my job is to, to make sure that I'm helping them all improve um, and that we're ready, you know, when match day rolls around. So I saw that there was a post out there today with uh, Katie Lund and Katie McClure. How did you put up with those, uh, those guys? Uh, Cutting up they, are the, they are the personality. They are hysterical. They keep you on your toes on a, on a daily basis. They're uh, tremendous young women and just fun to be around. And uh, as you can tell from, uh, you know, from their little bit on, on Twitter, they are definitely uh, attached at the hip and, and, and bring it and bring enjoyment to the group. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I, was, I was watching that uh, video this morning and, and I was kind of cracking up, you know, watching them. So, uh, you know, yeah. So is there any other uh, personalities like that in the in a dressing room? Oh, we've got Yuki's got a great personality. She's too, she's too funny. She is uh, she's always keeping everybody on their toes. Um, you know, and even as a coaching staff, I think we've got you know Gary is Gary's got some good jokes. We enjoy we enjoy ourselves. We work really hard, but we enjoy being around each other. Uh, the banter in the office is great. Um, you know, and I think that, that that makes it even even better. Yeah. So has he come out with the, any of the uh, the, the good uh, jokes from over there? So, you know, like the English fella, the Irish fella, and the Scottish fella walk into a bar? <laughs> well, I haven't heard any of those yet. So maybe we get, maybe we'll, we'll take a trip to Scouse's house this weekend for the game, and we'll see if we can get Gary to tell some jokes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, so it sounds like to me that you're a, a, a kind of a Man United fan. I am. I am a United fan. You, you poor bastard. I swear to God. I know. Uh, <laughs> It's been a pain. It's been a very painful. Uh, oh, there we go. I yeah. see it in the background. That's the correct red and white. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was coming into enemy territory. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, so one thing I did want to ask you, Sergio. So uh, one of the things that we did kind of fleece out of Gary because we have a tendency to kind of <clears throat> just jump these things off the rails is we found a new nickname for uh, the gaffer, and it's spam. And the reason we figured out spam is because we, and, you know, the gaffer's been on with us a number of times and we like him a lot, but evidently he has like a guilty pleasure of taking spam calls and really having a laugh and enjoying it and then 
starting to haggle with prices at the 12 minute I've mark. Heard, I haven't that. experienced fully yet because I think he's scared away all the spam calls now. I think they've got him on their no call list. <laughs> Um, but i did gary did tell me that and i haven't i i've seen a little bit of it but i haven't had a chance to fully enjoy uh you know christy with with a spam call so i'm looking forward to that anytime his phone rings i'm waiting to see if it if it's a spam call you're just like a little kid on christmas morning you're like please 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 please." yeah Yeah, well i think one of these days we're just gonna have to call them up and be our own spam call oh yeah that'd be great that's a great idea that's Uh, is that the next podcast (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be, you know, and uh, just don't tell him because, uh, you know, we, we just got to wind him up. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Sergio, talk to me a little bit about, uh, so I'm the nerd. Uh, Gauss is the guy that knows everybody. I'm more the nerd in the group about stats and things. Talk to me about the maturation of keepers playing out from the back and how this has evolved in the last 10 years. As, as you as a coach, how have you had to change your tactics for training the keepers and how do you see that's either benefited or been challenges to the game? Yeah, that's an interesting one because I think the goalkeepers become very much an 11th field player. Um, and I think when you talk in the goalkeeping circles, sometimes the ability to play with their feet goes above their ability to stop the ball, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think you could debate with with a lot of people that, you know, the, at the end of the day, for me, the, the first bullet line of their job description is to not allow balls into the goal. So in theory. Uh, yeah. So, but but the distribution pieces become a big, big part of it, and I think right. it's changed the way we train a little bit. A sense of making sure that we work on the in possession pieces, and that our goalkeepers are decision makers, um, and they're not just you know standing in the back, communicating and just waiting for shots. I think they're very but, much almost, almost a quarterback in the build a little bit in terms mm, of yeah. of how they play out. So you've got to have a lot of different passes in your locker. Now you can't just be someone who smashes the ball 80 yards. I think you've got to be able to, you know, to, to play the short and medium range pass, but you've also got to have a lot of it, be able to have a lot of different textures to your passing as well. Um, just to be able to break down teams because of how sophisticated defending has become and, and how teams change on the fly. So, um, you know, it's important for us when we're training that, the distribution pieces in there and that decision-making pieces in there. So a lot of our training will start with our goalkeepers in possession of the ball and then oh, we've really? lost all of a sudden. And now they've got to figure out how to, how to solve the problem um, that we've created from that. I think one area that to me has become a lost art. And I think that, that Michelle does really well. All our goalkeepers are really was well, the ability to throw the ball, um, which I think hopefully yeah, yeah. a little bit yeah. now, um, you know, especially in transition after making a save, the ability to sling a ball out 30 yards can can really trigger a counterattack. And I don't think you see that as much uh, maybe in the women's game as you do in the men's game. Uh, but I think you see the top goalkeepers in the women's game that are able to do that can really bring another element to, uh, you know, to to their team's attack. And that's something we work on a lot in training uh, is you make a save and find the, find the counter goal as quick as you can. And uh, but it has, it's definitely, it's definitely changed. I think how you look at goalkeepers as well, because if you've got a goalkeeper who is a good shot stopper, but a, exceptional with their feet, and you've got an exceptional goalkeeper, that's not great with their feet. You might go with the first one just because it gives you a little bit more and you can continue to grow in that shot stopping kind of uh, decision-making area where, you know, at this stage in their career, if, as a pro, if they're not good with their feet, it's going to be real tough. Right. To prove that just because, uh-huh. A level of player that's around them that's going to jump ahead of them. But so. I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but we, you know, Liverpool had a goalkeeper that couldn't use his hands. You know, cost it cost us to hear the Champions League. Far as curious. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, you know, King Butterfingers. 
<laughs> now you've got a goalkeeper that can catch and score goals. So, yeah, yeah, so score goals. We got one of them too. Do you see that? I, I did not realize that until the day Allison scored that those goals, that those goals, that goal. I was going through. Uh, I was actually driving back. Had stopped. I was looking through Twitter, and all of a sudden, I see uh, I see Michelle on there with her goal um, off that corner. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, they, I, I was uh, I was impressed. But one of the, the, the trends that I'm seeing um, that leaves a lot of goalkeepers wanting is all of a sudden there's an awful lot of guys out there that are smashing the ball from the halfway line just because the goalkeeper spends half the time up the pitch. You know, when when the, the ball is down, t- they take the corner at the other end. And, you know, a lot of the goalkeepers, they kind of almost on the halfway line. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, it seems like every other week there's a, a footage of a goal that where somebody just smashes it from. Hartford, uh, Athletic, Hartford Athletic scored this weekend. Uh, Devin Curry tweeted about that, and I retweeted that uh, same so time. How how do you uh, or what is your your thoughts on that? How are you combating that? You know, you, you say don't leave your six eight eighteen yard box. What? Yeah, I think it, you just got to look kind of positionally and see where the ball is, and you want to take risks, but you don't. The risk can't be greater than the reward. So I think a lot of it is is looking at where the ball is, who you're playing against. If they've got somebody you can ping a ball, you're probably going to be a little bit more uh, cautious. But at the same time, you want to put yourself in a position where if a ball does get hit over the top, you're able to deal with it before it becomes more of an issue. So I think it's trying to find that balance. And a bit of it is, you know, as you're scouting opponents, kind of knowing their personnel and knowing what their what their abilities are. Um, if you've got someone who can who can ping a ball and, and, and you know, in transition, if, if you're playing high, they're going to look to do that. Then I think you've got to. We've got to make sure positionally we're in a spot where we're not going to leave ourselves exposed, where as maybe playing against a team that doesn't have that or, you know, we're able to maybe press a little bit more. We can we can play a little bit higher. But I think it's finding that balance and positioning to make sure that if it does get hit over the top, our goalkeepers are in a position to be able to deal with it and not make it um, something that becomes dangerous from from our opponent. Yeah, you know, because uh, it, it, you know, it's one of those trends that that we're seeing, and uh, even when we're we're standing there in Scouser's house, um, and I think it was at the last game, and uh, the, the guy was up, was up there on the halfway line, as uh, you know, as they were taking a corner. Yeah, you know, you know he's yelling at our guys, put your laser through the ball, just smack it back down here, we'll suck it in. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's definitely become a trend. You know, I think that's become a trend. You've got, I mean, you look at the athleticism now of goalkeepers is just is through the roof. I think across the board, both on the on the men's and women's side. Um, so you've got more athletic goalkeepers that can cover more ground that are you know that that have the ability to play with their feet. And I think it'll be interesting to see five years from now what the position looks like because of yeah. because of how how much the onus is on, on the goalkeeper's ability to, to distribute and play with their feet. Uh, but I'll always go back to, you know, again, their job is to keep the ball out of the back of the net. So we've got to find that balance and make sure that, yes, they're good and we want them to be able to distribute, we want them to connect passes. We want them to to put us in a positive position when we have the ball. But at the, but on the flip side of it, they've got to make sure that, that they can defend the space and they can defend the goal uh, just as well. Yeah. So um, my one of my uh, big things that I, I try and tell everybody when they first come to the game, and everybody blames the goalkeeper every time a goal is conceded. And you know what I what I like to, to tell everybody is that the goalkeeper is only as good as his back four. So um, 
how how do you see that? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's a team it's a team it's a team game and it, it's a team goal. And I think there are times where maybe a goalkeeper error may lead to a goal, but there's a lot of times where goalkeepers make saves off of other people off of other teammates errors. So I think, it, you know, I, th- I don't think you can singly blame a goal on a goalkeeper. I think it, it, there's a lot of pieces that go with it, not only from the back four, but all the way up from, you know, from the front three, um, if they're not putting the right pressure on the ball or things break down in midfield. So I don't necessarily look at it as a goalkeeper. error. I think it's, you know, it, it's a team goal um, when we concede one and, and how can we be better as a team? Uh, and we'll address uh-huh. those different spots. Hey, look, there's mama. There Hi, she mama. is. Sorry. Yeah. There's the better keeper. Yeah, there's a better goalkeeper. A better goalkeeper than uh, Sergio. Is that right? Of course it is. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> they to play Keeper Wars against each other for charity. I told them to think about it. It's he won't Kentucky. play against me. I'll him. <laughs> yeah. There we go. It's for Kentucky Refugee Ministries. It's for all the right reasons, Sergio. We'll have to get her. She'll start training now, and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do. Okay. All right. Because my money's going to be on her. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair bet. That is a fair bet. <laughs> so I want to jump back into some kind of uh, tactic stuff. So tell me yeah. about, like, the role of the keeper, like how you've seen it evolve with going, you know, we used to have the back three, what, 15 years ago. That was kind of a popular thing. Went away, went back to the 4-3-3, three, three, and now we're – Back to the three four three, especially as we're watching the Euros coming up that we're seeing really on the scene right now with a lot of the countries. How does that affect the role of the keeper, whether it's a back three, a back four, whether it's pressing with wing backs moving forward, like Scouse was talking about earlier? You know, you're seeing them with the ball at their feet way up the pitch. Yeah, and I think positionally, the you you'll see starting positions way higher. You'll see them managing that space behind the back line, so they have to play higher, uh, especially with a back three. I think you're you almost become part of that. You know, you you almost become a back four with a goalkeeper at times because of the way they position mm. themselves, the way they'll build. So I think what you're, what you're seeing now from, from the modern goalkeepers now, what you'll see in the Euros um, are going to be goalkeepers who are going to be aggressive off their lines, who are going to be very much part of their team attacks, very much part of the build. Um, but not just after the ball leaves the 18 yard box, you're going to see goalkeepers higher off their line, receiving balls 25, 30 yards uh, from the goal. Um, you know, and goalkeepers that are going to be able to, to spray balls up to forwards, um, you know, and, and put their team in positions to attack and not just, you know, your, your old school goalkeeper who just smashes the ball up the field and hope it gets there. You're going to see a, you see a lot of sophistication. Um, and I think you'll you I think it's going to be exciting to see, um, you know, especially with the Euros kind of showcasing that. I mean, you've seen it in the NWSL already as well. Right. Um, ability of, you know, you saw AD French uh, two weeks ago play uh, Sophie Smith through on a goal uh, by playing, not just playing a long ball, playing a long ball with a purpose, with direction, um, not just hoping and hitting, actually putting it in an area for some right weight. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to see that a lot. And I think it's exciting. I think you're, you're not only getting good athletes as goalkeepers, but you're getting good soccer players. Uh, So that's, that to me has been the biggest change over probably the last 10 years in goalkeeping is you had some really good athletes who were goalkeepers um, but now you're getting good soccer players on top of that. I mean, you look at the Edersons, you look at um, the Allisons. Um, I mean, they kind of typify the the modern goalkeeper in the men's game. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing uh, guys from the uh, the 60s and early 70s having a uh, cigarette, like just leaning on a post like this, you know, yeah. just, you know, but uh, the, the whole 
position, the goalkeeper, has just totally changed over the years. It has, and it's it's been fun. You know, I think it's been fun to be part of that. And it, it's as a coach, it makes you have to think and, le- and continue to learn um, to continue to change your training environment to make sure that your goalkeepers are performing the way they need to. Um, and that's been that's been exciting. And I think you know our staff has very much been a big part of our goalkeepers being part of our build, being not just someone who's keeping the ball in the back of the net, someone who's who's valuable in possession. And and how can we you know, how can they create a positive impact for the team? Yeah, so uh, um, when I first started goalkeeping, um, we never had gloves. And then the the trend came out that, you know, you went down to uh, Woolworths and you, you bought a pair of woolly gloves and <laughs> you used those. Yeah. But tell me how the, 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 um, uh, the technology has come from back then, because I remember Pat Jennings, he just had... Uh, you know, band-aids around his fingers, you know, to to help him. But now the the, the gloves that the, that the goalkeepers use, um, the technology that goes into those is just astonishing, right? It's unbelievable. I mean, just some of the grip on these gloves right out of the packaging. I mean, you won't be butterfingers with some of them on. And if you are, you're doing something really wrong because the, the stick that they have on them through the latex. Um, you know, I think what you're seeing now, which is really interesting, is is Goalkeeper gloves for a while were very big and bulky. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're yep. seeing very tight and, and fitting gloves so that you can get a really good feel for the ball. And I think a lot of that has to do with with the technology of the balls now, too, and how they're moving. Um, and I think being able to really get a good feel on the ball is important. Um, you've also got the – they call it the finger save technology, which Adidas came out with years ago, which which everybody kind of has now, which kind of keeps your, your fingers from uh, – they kind of have spines in the back of the gloves. I think those are kind of a preference piece. Some goalkeepers love them and swear by them. Some goalkeepers want nothing to do with them. Um, but that, that's become a big piece, too. Uh, there's so many different brands that are out there now, um, which is great. Uh, and I think it's it's very much, you know, kind of what your personal preference is. But it, it is amazing how gloves have changed just from the different cuts of gloves. Now you have your your negative cuts, your hybrid cuts, your roll fingers, your traditional kind of, you know, your traditional cut. And, you know, it's it's unbelievable. You look at a if you go on a goalkeeping glove website and look at the different models that they have, it'll it'll blow your mind because there's so much variety out there, which which goes way, which which is uh, pretty crazy from where they've come from with the old uh, the old gardening gloves. And and just even back in the day, you know, I remember growing up, there was probably three or four different types of brands that were available. And that was it. Now there's probably 15 or 20. Yeah. So, you know. Gone are the days where you know the the coach is just re, you know leaning into a box here, have a pair of gloves, and you you put them on, and you know you just kind of uh, Woolworth Woolworth specials, you know, um, and and now um, you know with the gloves that they were, you know, you just don't reach into a box. It's it's the goalkeeper going to the store and figuring out which one so they want to use. A lot of you know the, a lot of the, all of our goalkeepers are sponsored by different goal glove you know different glove companies, which then have the custom gloves for them as well. So. You know, you're not you're not wearing your gloves as much as you used to or wearing them down. They've always got a fresh pair ready to go, which which is good. I think, you know, obviously the, the amount of training we do. And so they don't use the same pair over and over over again. They use them a few times, but they, they've definitely they'll definitely change them up. And I think one of the big things with the with the gloves and with the latex they use is, you know, with the way we train and the number of training sessions we have, those you burn through gloves pretty quick. Um, OK. And you've always got to have a fresh pair on match day. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, do you guys uh, on um, your match prep, 
just before a game, do you you tell the, the, the goalkeepers go watch video and uh, learn which um, players will take penalties and which play which way they go on the penalties? Do yeah, you, we do. We do a ton of video, a ton of scouting from set pieces, you know, from penalties all the way through, you know, how they attack, how they score goals. A big part of my job is to is to look at how our opponent scores goals and make sure that we train those situations so that on game day, you know, Michelle is comfortable and knows what's coming. Um, so a lot of that goes into, you know, with our data department and the, and the, um, and the reports that they're able to produce and, and the video we're able to get, we can really take a deep dive into how teams attack and, and what the tendencies are so that we can replicate it as much as possible in training so that the preparation is there. And, you know, my job is to make sure come game day that, that Michelle feels prepared and ready and, and that I've put her in situations that she's going to see, um, you know, come, come that game. Yeah. Hey, look, there's your underwear in that bag right there. Look at that. They're hanging out right there. See that? I think she just, I think, I think she just packed up her trophy cabinet and put it right in there to bring it down. <laughs> my trophy cabinet is a little box in the corner so <laughs> oh you're being way too humble uh sergio i, I want to get just one more thing and then i'm pretty much going to just turn it back to scouts but like on the training sessions what he was talking about you know you know, you, you look at so let's compare it to major league baseball pitchers some have a good out pitch some are a fastball pitcher some can do different things what are the things that you see that are the kind of new trend outside of just playing it with your feet is it People have better footwork. Are they quicker with reactions? Are they better at getting off their line? What are some of the things that you see as trends that you guys talk about in this really nerd world of goalkeepers? Because if it's American football, it's the people over there like kicking into a net, the side waiting for one shot, right? At the end of the game, that's the only time you see them. So what are some of the trends that, that you guys are really watching right now? Yeah, I think we're looking at, you know, obviously from a shot stopping perspective, we're looking at, you know, I think you're seeing really athletic goalkeepers. So we're looking at, you know, where are they conceding goals? How are they conceding goals? We're also looking at crosses. I think crosses are a huge mm -hmm. part. Um, you, you look at the top goalkeepers, whether it's male or female goalkeepers, the top goalkeepers are really, they have a good ability to control, um, control the area on crosses. And I think that's something we really take into account, what their positioning's like, what their, you know, how many goals do they concede off of crosses? Um, you know, what's their range? And I think the other piece goes back to the distribution piece, like we talked about. What are they, yeah. you know, what's their range of pass look like, and what's the accuracy on it? Because again, mm -hmm. you can have somebody who can smash a ball, but if it's, you know, an incomplete pass each time, it's not really going to be a benefit. Um, you know, what what range do they have? What is their percentage like? Um, especially in the build, you know, what are, what are they able to do, uh, both with their feet and with their hands, in terms of throwing a ball and, and allowing us to keep possessions so i think it's it's kind of a variety of, of those pieces that we look at you know right. to, to kind of figure out you know who we think is going to be the best you know match for us in terms of, of how we want to play as well yeah 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 that's that's, that's um very interesting because you know um one of the goalkeepers that liverpool have used it um in recent years was um remember pepe reina yeah i was, and was actually going to reference him yeah completely it, the same thing i was yeah, because um, there were certain times that he put his laces through the ball and sent it down the pitch and put it on the plate. And um, th there was several t instances where, you know, Liverpool have uh, won matches just by that passing to whoever, you know, I, I just don't where, he, where people like him see the, you know, the game. Um, I don't know how to say it, but, you know, he, he can see ahead and look 
and just smack the ball down because he can see that guy going over there. Yeah. You know, you just having with the wherewithal to do it. Their IQ piece to it, I think, has become more, you know, a bigger piece. You know, again, are they, you know, the, yes, they got to be good shot stoppers. Yes, they've got to have the goalkeeping component, but what's their soccer IQ like? How do they, do they understand the game? Do they understand, mm-hmm. you know, how we want to build, how we want to play? Does that fit their style? And again, a lot of that, you got to start to dig into what, what their passing range looks like, what their you know distribution patterns are with with some of the teams they play, and some of the teams they play on may be completely different from from how we want to play here at racing. But it's just looking uh, to see if they have that ability, um, you know, and that those are pieces that that we track, and I think they've become a big part of of how we're you know we start to assemble our goalkeeping crew. Yeah, because I know it's uh, it's one of those things that you know not not everybody has it. You know, um, I think the master of it when um, I was watching Liverpool was uh, when Kenny Dalglish would put through uh, Ian Rush and, you know, you, you're standing on the cop going, how the hell did you see that? Yeah. You know, and because, you know, you never see it coming until it's done and the ball's on the back of the net, which is brilliant. So, you know, and now it, it, it's filtering down to the goalkeepers and the goalkeepers are being asked to do the same thing. Yeah. And I think the, the leadership piece, too, I think is huge. And, and the bravery piece, I think. You know those those factor in as well. You know I think it's important to have have good leadership in goal. Someone who's able to communicate. Someone who's calm under pressure. Someone who's okay making mistakes because they're going to happen. It's a long season. Oh. As perfect as we want to be, mistakes will happen as we go through. And and how do you recover from those? And how do you react? And you know I think we need somebody at the back, which you see with Michelle, such a calm presence. Um, yeah, she had an outstanding game the other night. She did. She did. You know outstanding. And, and 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 the thing I love about Michelle is she is she's be her biggest critic as well. And you know we'll be on the text or on a, on a call right away talking about the goals we conceded and and how we can, you know how how can we improve and what do we want to work on for the week coming up. And I just love that part about her. There's someone who's been in the league for a long time, who's a very established goalkeeper, but on a daily basis wants to just improve that one percent all the time. And. Uh, I love it, and I think it's she's a great role model for for Katie and Shelby to have, um, and and it steps up their level so that when we get to training, you know, our our trainings are very competitive, they're very high tempo, but just to be able to to do what she's done and the experience she has, but still wanting to to get better every day is it's a trickle down effect to everybody that's involved in the team, and and an awesome thing to be around. And then, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I've got to give her more kudos on is that, uh, you know, ever since the first time I ever watched um, Michelle play, and if you're an upcoming goalkeeper and you're an aspiring goalkeeper, the one thing that Michelle has got is she never shuts up. She's always talking to her back line, telling them what to do, telling them where to go, telling them who's on and who's off. And um, to me, you know, not many goalkeepers do that. And the entire match, she's communicating with the back line. And I, I, I think that is so important. And uh, if, like I said, if you're an aspiring goalkeeper, you need to come down to Scouser's house and or go down to Cooper's end and, and listen to the, the stuff that she's barking out, you know, because it's, it's all great stuff. Absolutely. And I think... You know, a, a lot of goalkeepers think once their team's in possession, kind of their job is done. But I think as a goalkeeper, you've got to look and say, all right, if we lose the ball at this moment, where can we be countered or what can go wrong and organize? We call them countermeasures, you know, uh, with our with our amongst our team. And 
that's just making sure that we're prepared if we lose the ball to deal with any counterattacks. And as a goalkeeper, I think your job isn't to to shout to, to someone to tell them when to pass the ball or when to shoot the ball. Your job is when we have possession is to look at the picture and say, all right, if we lose it, where can where can we where can we get punished and make sure we're organized, you know, with our leftover defending, with our players that are left over not involved in the attack. And I think that's something you see Michelle do a ton of. Um, you know, when we do have the ball is, is making sure we're organized not to not to be beaten on the counter. Yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's it's very interesting. And, um, you know, we're lucky enough to have um, a, a front row seat down there in Scouts' house. So, and we see this every single time, you know, Diesel plays or Michelle plays that, uh, you know, we get we get to see it. And, uh, you know, we're in a privileged position to see that. So, yeah. And. Uh, so, do you communicate with um, the uh, the uh, goalkeeping coach over at Louisville City too? While you you, I've talked to Tabani a little a little bit. Um, uh-huh. you no, know, uh, I think Scott's been out for a little while, and Tabani's kind of been in there. Um, I do. We haven't communicated as much just because we're all on different schedules. But with the new training facility opening up, it's going to be an unbelievable opportunity to to kind of all of us be in the same place at the same time, which will be which will be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, um, so that's all I've got for you. And um, Kenny, what what else have you got? No, that's pretty much it. This has been such an interesting conversation, Sergio. Do you have anything for us? Questions for oh, us? Are you I moved into Louisville? No, I appreciate you guys having me on. And Scouts, just from even the time we met at the at the supporters event, it yeah. was uh-huh. been tremendous. And I'm looking forward to heading down to Scouts' house and and having a pint yeah. with you guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a nice cold brew waiting for you supporting the men on on saturday uh it'll be great i haven't had a chance to to catch too many games just with with our schedules so uh we've got a lot of prep time uh before houston which is going to be fantastic we've been able to give the players a couple days off to kind of recharge themselves with the international break and we'll hit the ground running uh friday and 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 start our preparation for houston next week so uh just in get yeah i just thought of something that uh so for the uh joe blow that's sitting in the stands right and you know they they come down and they watch the game every uh, every other weekend and tell them what the challenges were um, this last week getting all the way out there to Bumfluff, uh, Portland, whatever that was. You know you'd almost dropped off the edge of the earth. So tell, <laughs> tell us about the challenges. It is all. It was, uh, you know, I think it was, it was kind of like planes, trains, and automobiles with uh, with John Candy, that old movie. We had a, a delay yeah. coming out of. Um, coming out of Louisville, which then caused a misconnection, which then caused the night in Houston, which then caused the group to have to separate on different flights in Houston to get to, to Portland. And everybody was supposed to be in the hotel on Thursday by, let's say, 11 p.m. ish. Uh, the last group of players got into the hotel on Friday at two o'clock. Um, and if you would have been in our training session on Friday afternoon at around 3.15, you wouldn't have known that those players dealt with anything because they came with such great energy uh, to prepare for, for our game against Portland. And, and that's one of the things I love about this group is the, the resiliency. And um, that's why I love being part of this, this club because, you know, we, we were going to make life difficult for anybody we play against and no matter what the odds are, or no matter what the circumstances we have to deal with, you wouldn't even know it, but it was uh you know, I give the players a, a ton of credit and how they responded and how professional they were with, you know, when it comes to travel delays, as we all know, you, you feel kind of helpless because you're at the mercy of, of airlines and, and all that good stuff. And 
it can be a very frustrating experience. Hey, Kenny, you know what I forgot today? What was that? What was that important news that came over around about lunchtime today? So I was going to ask about that. that. I, I was going to ask about that. So what's it like to be a part of this, Sergio, where one week you have, or two weeks ago, you have Gemma Bonner being signed out of Manchester City um, and a former teammate of hers who's at PSG, Nadia Nadim, is now coming our way. I mean, you got the top players in the world. I mean, just what, do you ever just like, is this really happening? It's amazing. As you're packing your bags? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, amazing. And I was looking talk at to the, me about Nadia. Yeah, we're so excited to have Nadia. I know, you know, she has a great relationship with Christy from when she played for him. And we're just so excited to have her as part of the club. And we can't wait. And I think, you know, we're just going to continue to get better and better as this as this young season goes on. And I think you add such veteran experience and leadership to a young group. It's just going to make us so much better. So what can you tell us about her? And, you know, what, what can you tell us, you know, just uh, what does she bring to the team? Leadership, experience, um, unbelievable playing ability. I think you're going to, I think we get someone who is an unbelievable talent that is going to be such a great person to have in the locker room um, and be able to, to, to give our younger players someone to lean on a little bit and, and give them some advice and have someone who can give advice and someone who's going to impact when they're on the field. So I think we're, we're over the moon um, about having her join the squad. And, you know, I think it, it shows how how tremendous this club is, you know, from from Brad Estes all the way to Christy Holly to, to James O'Connor to all the people that are involved in making this happen. That you know, we're not here just to be here. You know, we're not just here to be an expansion team. We're here to to make some noise and and win some games. And, and we're excited. And I think, you know, once we get to be full force with all of our new signings, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you know, just the, just the experience our team has picked up along the way between the Challenge Cup and now. We've gotten better and better every time we're on the field. And, uh, you know, we're excited for, for the upcoming matches. We're excited to have, you know, all the new players join us, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just the um, the stats that I was looking at uh, earlier today concerning our new signing, um, uh, Nadia, and it, the, the stats themselves are pretty impressive. So, uh She's Hopefully. a goal scorer, um, you know, I think who, who has the ability also to, to, to set players up as well. So I think you're getting kind of a, you know, you get a kind of a one-two punch there. And I think, uh, you know, what the experience she's had in the various places she's played, um, in the league she's played in, in the team she's been a part of, I think she comes in and, and is going to help make us make us even better, which is exciting. Yeah. She so speaks do we have... Scout, she speaks 11 languages. Yeah, I'm struggling with English. Is that what you speak? Well, kind of. You know, I'm, I'm just struggling with my own language. Never mind, um, you know, uh, 10 others. Is that why she picked the number 10 shirt? <laughs> you know, she speaks what speaks her own language and 10 others. So. <laughs> uh, I, lo- I love you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have, Scouts. Whatever you yeah. else you have in the tank, I'm, I'm I'm empty, buddy. I'm like this Darth Vader right here. This little Darth Vader cup. I'm just oh, don't even go there. That the uh, the hotel was full of them this last weekend. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these all these guys in double rooms, all there by themselves, and uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Sergio, I appreciate you guys having me on. This has been a blast. I've really what? enjoyed it. I was, 
can't thank you guys enough. Yeah, well, you keep on uh, having a uh, Michelle save uh, one save after another and doing double saves at that, you know, and uh, you know you keep it up and you'll be back on here before you know it. So, and appreciate all the support you guys give us, and uh, I look far forward to my first trip to Scouse's house. And, uh, and again, uh-huh. thank you for for yeah, letting and- me be on here. And I tell your wife that um, you know we're going to do that uh, charity shootout. We'll we'll get uh, tell her. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to make it happen. Ah, uh, that'll be. I don't have to start. I'm gonna have to start jumping in and training a little bit now and getting myself ready. <laughs> well, thank you, Sergio. I really appreciate it. I know you're very busy uh, with your house move, and uh, you know. So when is the actual moving day? So I moved a bunch of stuff yesterday. We move some stuff tomorrow. Uh, next week we'll finally get all the furniture out of here and into uh, and into uh, into the house in Louisville. So we got about another week or so left. So okay, getting there okay. slowly but surely. Well, welcome to Louisville, and uh, we're lucky to have you. And I appreciate uh, everything you do for us. And uh, you know, just keep it up, man. Thank You're you. You're awesome. Thank you guys. Appreciate you having me on. And again, enjoyed it so much. And uh, look forward to the next time. Thanks, Sergio. Appreciate okay. it, brother. Take care, See man. you guys. Safe travels. Bye. Bye. Yep. Thank Bye. you.